Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 5th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In today's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz this week, including a discussion about how the economy may be impacting your travel plans and new rumors about a fifth Disney theme park. Kevin Close has a review for us of Mama Melrose's Italian restaurant at the Hollywood Studios. And Corey Martin takes one listener's suggestion, and we'll talk to us a bit about resort pools this week. All that plus roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Now, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, we do have some housekeeping that I want to go over before we get started. Um, first, one of our regular listeners, uh, Roger Sauer, Sore. I'm not sure how you pronounce your last name, Roger. I apologize if I'm mis- mispronouncing it. But he's uh, on vacation in Tokyo Disneyland. And he has been sending us updates over the last week. And he's also uh, recently included some photos. Awesome photos. Some great yeah. photos that we're going to go ahead and we're going to put up on the site for you guys to check out. And uh, we also have uh, a photo of, uh, I can't remember the young man's name that we gave the iPod Touch to. Mitch. Mitch. And we're going to put Mitch's photo. We had a photo of him with his iPod Touch. So we're going to put that up as well. Mitch has a great smile. Yeah. Yeah, and when you see Roger's picture. photo, he wants us to know that he suffered so that everybody would see his Diz Unplugged t-shirt. It was like 30-some-odd degrees when he had the picture <laughs> and taken. And he's standing there in that white t-shirt. You're cold <laughs> looking at him. Oh, and it also reminds me, since it is uh, uh, February, I really wanted to do this last month, but I, I, I kept forgetting to do it. Um, for no apparent reason, I'm just going to start saying things like, uh, it's uh, 78 degrees here right now. <laughs> <laughs> And sunny and beautiful. Sunny and beautiful. Just for those of you who are not in Florida, I just thought I'd let you know that while we're recording this, it's... Do you want to add insult to injury? Sure. The parks are deserted. Really? We were in... uh, That this was going to be part of the restaurant review. I'll talk about it again. But we were in MGM the other day, and you could shoot a gun through MGM and not hit anybody. It was deserted. Don't give anybody any ideas. (laughs) It's the last thing we need. A Nerf gun. That's because you were at MGM. <laughs> yeah, you went to MGM, not Hollywood Studios. It's a different park. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I uh, also want to remind everybody to uh, go over, uh, stop over and check out the Diz Unplugged discussion forums on Dizboards.com. They've gotten really busy these past few weeks. And uh, got a lot of our listeners over there having all sorts of discussions about things we talk about on the show or things they would like us to talk about on the show. They got cruise fever. And they got podcast cruise fever. There's an awful lot of discussions going on about our podcast cruise, which you can learn more about it on the board or on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. That's also where you can sign up for our mailing list, which is one of the ways that we give away some really, really cool prizes. We gave away a ton of prizes. John is still crying (laughs) from the amount of prizes that we gave away in January. I'm just glad January's over. Well, maybe I'll do something. Maybe I'll do something different this month. Oh no! No, 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 no! It's all right. I'm going to give you a breather. I'm going to give you a little bit of a breather. We do have some. Uh, we do have some prizes to give away. But before I do that, I just want to say a very special thank you to one of our listeners, Sue Lang, who works for the Chocolate Sparrow on Cape Cod. She sent us a whole bunch of chocolate, like we need anymore. And uh, some of you may remember that uh, several months back, uh, we read an email from Sue. She works. Uh, in this chocolate place in the basement with a friend of hers, and they listened to us. And uh, we had some fun with them. And uh, she went ahead and sent us some absolutely delicious, really delicious chocolates. That's what they're telling me. I haven't had one yet. I had the turtle. It was so good. Can, it, does anybody else see Lucy and Ethel? 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, uh, Sue, thank you so much. That was really thoughtful. We really appreciate it. And uh, the entire table has been, uh, has been picking at the boxes from the moment they pass through the door. So we're, uh, we're very, very pleased, very, very happy that you did that. And one last reminder to everyone, we do have our photo contest going on through the end of February, through February 29th. Just need to upload your photos to our gallery. And at the end of the month, the team will select the winners from each category, and one grand prize winner will receive a four-night Disney cruise in May of 2009 to join us on our podcast, on our special podcast cruise. That's the grand prize? Yes. Wow. I'm giving away one of my allotment. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question to ask. Have we come up with an end date for the restaurant review contest? Not yet. Okay. I'm okay with that. Oh, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I just wanted to remind everyone that we have another contest ongoing. If you would like to win the chance to do a dining review with Kevin Close, um, you can do that. All you need to do is uh, send us a, a, a dining review. Write up a dining review and email that into us. Kevin is going to uh, whittle that uh, all, the, all the entries down to the top three that he likes, and then I'm going to pick the winner. And uh, that person will get three days, two nights at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin, courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel. And we'll have a fabulous dinner at an upscale restaurant somewhere on Disney property with Kevin Close. Get a chance to watch the review in process. Are you going to bring John as your date or by yourself? Oh, John's going to, there's going to be strange people at the table. John's going to stay home and hide. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> you, won't you, see, you won't see John. Won't you want me to be around I was people? I'm just curious. I have, we have some, and this doesn't have to be a review of a Disney restaurant. It doesn't even have to be a review of, it doesn't have to be a review of anything special. We have had gotten some really creative reviews. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be a Disney restaurant. It can be any local restaurant. It can be it can the be, Chicken Hut. It could be anything. <laughs> what we're, we're looking for, we're, we're, we're less interested in what you're reviewing and more interested in how you review it. I got a review the other day and was very excited about the restaurant. And the person who wrote the review included a link. And I was thinking, I'm going to this place. Well, it's in England. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely send your emails in podcast at www.info.com, and uh, maybe you'll be lucky enough to be the, uh, the big winner in the Have Dinner with Kevin contest. And we will work around your schedule. Of this course. This isn't about my schedule. Right. I would make myself available to be available when you're available. As long as it, <laughs> as long as it isn't for the, uh, the cruise, the podcast cruise. Oh, yeah. I'm not that available. Well, I think we can probably hit a date <laughs> yeah, between now and then <laughs> safely. I think his, I, I know his schedule is pretty hectic, but I think we can squeeze somebody in between now and then. All right. That's going to do it for housekeeping, folks. We're going to move on. Oh, we forgot to. Oh, wait. That's right. We, we have a prize to give away. I completely forgot. She literally came right out of her chair. <laughs> no, we can't well, stop I'm housekeeping. I'm excited about this segment. And, I, you know, so, and she's getting married, so hopefully she'll win something good she can use on her trip. Uh, her name's Tina. She chose number 20. And she definitely has something she can use on her trip, a $100 spa gift certificate. Oh, yay. Oh, that would be really nice. So use that for their honeymoon. You, can choose, uh, you could choose any one of the uh, area spas uh, at the Grand Floridian, Saratoga Springs, uh, the Swan Dolphin, or the Gaylord Palms. Um, any one of those four uh, resort spas, 
We'll get you a one hundred dollar gift certificate too. Congratulations! So the Gaylord Simeon, Palm has the Gaylord Palms has the Canyon Ranch. The Canyon yeah, Ranch is nice pretty spectacular. Yeah. So Tina, I know we've emailed this past week. Send me another one. Let me know what you want to do. Congratulations! And then we do have a an, an email winner that we just haven't gotten the uh, number from She's yet. She's our January um, monthly email prize winner, mm-hmm. and her name's Vicky Blackburn, Excellent. from Connecticut. So. Just need her to get back to us and give us a number, 1 through 30. Yeah, and just for those who may not be aware, what we do is um, we do our email shows on Wednesday. And any email that we read on the show or any voicemail that we play on the show, uh, you automatically get a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. And then at the end of the month, we take uh, all of the people who we spoke to or read their emails, and we select one winner at random. And we have 30 envelopes here in our studio. Each one has a corresponding prize in it. And we ask people to pick a. We ask somebody to pick a number, and whatever's in the envelope, that's what they get. So, podcast at www.info.com if you want to send in an email, or one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two if you want to give us a call. And with that, do, Julie, do you have anything else? Oh no, because now they can get a pin or lanyard as well. Okay, if you want a pin or lanyard, want, if you already have a T-shirt, you know, lots of people have already written into us a couple. Or of times. if you just don't want the T-shirt and you want a pin. And I know people are coveting these pins and lanyards. Pins are fantastic. And it's pin, as in it's something you would P-I-N. pin, right? Someone on the board's kept saying, I want to get a pen. P-I-N. A pen. I thought, well, there you go. <laughs> All right. With that, we are going to move on to the news. And our first news story this week, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin have donated two tons of coffee to U.S. military troops serving overseas. Wow. The hotels recently switched to coffee makers that use individual coffee packets and the leftover product is being sent to Wesley Chapel in Tampa for use in their Support Our Troops program. Hmm. The nonprofit group sends packages to U.S. military personnel on a weekly basis. Previously, the Swan Dolphin has donated more than $8,000 worth of toiletries to the group. And anyone who would like to make a donation uh, to support our troops can do so by contacting Bob Williams at area code 813-991-9400. We should let people know that, that the, this stuff was sent to Wesley Chapel. Wesley Chapel is actually a, a place. It's not a person. I was thinking it was a church. No, I, Wesley Chapel. Did I say it was? No, I, I was confused when I read it, when I had read the story. I oh, thought no, Wesley I, Chapel was a person, oh, no, like I, Wesley I, Snipes. No, I figured Wesley <laughs> Chapel was a, uh, a chapel, a church. Actually, it's, it's a town. Wesley- I thought it was a church, too, because oh, chapel. Okay. Well. What's interesting, the rest of that article goes to point out that uh, coffee and postage are the two things that the troops have the hardest time getting. Mm. So if anybody wants to donate to our troops, send them postage. Coffee. I wonder why coffee is a, a The issue. article said that um, Starbucks usually delivers tons of coffee at a time to the group, but there's some issue with them getting coffee now. So, But uh, no, I think that's cool, really cool that uh, Swan Dolphin is uh, doing that. And um, If you have anything you can donate, there's a good way to do it. So, all right, our next news story is uh, it appears that Disneyland is having some issues with their local hotel workers union. A rep for the union appeared before the Anaheim City Council last week and claimed that Disney was exacting political payback during the ongoing contract negotiations. Union President Ada Bracino claims that Disney has drawn out talks unnecessarily and that the chosen location for the negotiation makes attendance by the rank-and-file union members problematic. Ms. Pacino also states that this is payback because of the union support 
for the now defunct low cost housing proposal, and you thought it was never going to come up again. I told you it was going to come. You back. silly people! You thought it was never going to get mentioned. The spokesperson for Disneyland stated that, quote, we're disappointed that the leadership of Union 681 is trying to negotiate this contract in the media and at a city council meeting, end quote. The union represents 2,300 room attendants, dishwashers, and cooks at the three Disney-owned hotels. Their contract expired on Friday, January 31st, and the union has refused offers of a contract extension. In a memo sent last week, union members were told that since they are no longer covered by a contract agreement that as of February 1st, cast members have the right to begin activities such as distributing information, picketing, or holding demonstrations. The memo also urged cast members affected by the negotiations to, quote, maintain your professionalism and focus on guest service and to please avoid speculation about the negotiating process and to be skeptical of any rumors that they may hear. Um, Now, I mean, from my standpoint, this could break either way. I absolutely can see Disney being difficult to deal with in a union contract negotiation. But at the same time, what the union is doing right now is just it's a page out of a typical union negotiating playbook. Let's go. Why are you going to the Anaheim City Council? The only reason you go there is because to, to complain about something like this is you want to get this in the newspaper. And that's where the press is going to be. They're going to be covering whatever's going on at the city council meeting. So you go there and you make a spectacle out of yourself. And you know what? It may be what they have to do. I mean, if Disney is not negotiating in good faith. And let's be honest. We all saw the way they handled the low-cost housing issue. And I don't, I don't think, as I said many times, I don't think Disney walked away looking very good after that particular battle. And now here they are with this. So... I don't know the intricacies of it. I don't know the, the, the details of it, but I'm, I'm certainly hoping that there is no strike. Yeah. How many members are in the – does it say? Uh, 2,300. That's a good amount. 2,300 room attendants, dishwashers, and cooks at the three Disney-owned hotels. And as of today, us recording this uh, podcast, there's no activity out at Disneyland for as far as picketing or any of that stuff. So – it's odd that it broke down on January 31st. You would think that at that moment they'd be out on picket lines and handing out pamphlets and things like that. So. I, I, but I also do have a very important update. It is now 80 degrees. Yeah, that's the high today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's looking at. He's like looking oh, in the I know. He has like some sort of secret weather thing I have, thing a, I have a little magical weather thing down on the floor. <laughs> he keeps I just, looking I, down at the corner of the room. I, I, well, I have it down on the floor because the only place I can keep it. But I want to... Uh, I want to... Uh, I thought you had a weather gnome. I want to mount it up there so I could just be looking at it while I'm. Uh, Is this while I'm now you have a, like a remote outside? That yeah, there's a remote okay. outside that gives the. I have a couple of these around the house. Because I must know what time it is and what the temperature is at all times. I tell you what, though, eighty degrees in February is much more enjoyable than eighty degrees in like August or July. So the oh yeah, we have no humidity right now. I love eighty degrees in February. As we sit there and torture these poor people in Montana and Minnesota. Yeah, we'll talk about pools hey, later. You chose to live there, people. My pool, my pool is eighty degrees today too. All right, our um, our final news story this week is absolutely fascinating to me because something's going on here, folks. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have some ideas. Disney received some bad news last week when Citigroup changed the rating on Disney's stock from buy to sell. Analysts cited fears that a worsening economy could have a negative impact at Disney's theme parks. Jason Bazinet, an analyst for Citigroup, cited the discounted packages that Walt Disney World offered during the last three months of 2007 
as a sign that Disney's anticipated sales didn't materialize, forcing them to discount their rates. Disney wasted no time in putting its spin machine to work. In a very unusual move, Disney CFO Tom Staggs released a statement saying, quote, We are pleased with the pace of business at our parks, especially given the fact that we had record attendance at our domestic theme parks last year, end quote. Bazinet did concede that they had the same concern, that Citigroup had the same concerns last year, and that those concerns proved to be unfounded. Almost too coincidentally, the financial website The Motley Fool released an article just days after the Citigroup announcement touting the strength of Disney's theme park business and dropping in a very interesting tidbit in its report about a fifth theme park. Now, quoting the article, Out in Florida, Disney finally announced plans for a fifth theme park within Walt Disney World. It won't open for several more years, but the company finally dusted off the plans for the villains-themed amusement park that has been part of cyberspace chatter for ages, end quote. Now, also, CNBC financial guru Jim Cramer also is disputing the sell recommendation, calling it a, quote, miscarriage of justice, end quote, since Disney's theme park business only accounts for 22% of the company's overall revenue. In his statement, Kramer noted that uh, Citibank only talks about Disney's theme park business. They mention nothing about their cable properties, broadcasting, DVD sales, or film, or even ESPN, for that matter. And in a completely unrelated story, AAA released the results of a survey it recently conducted showing that most Americans do not intend to alter their travel plans as a result of higher gas prices. That's probably about the only good news Disney received last week. And I, I'm going to tell you, we've, as I mentioned to the team before we started recording today, we've been covering this on a weekly basis now for more than 18 months. And I think we have our finger on the pulse of what's going on, that if there had been an announcement of a fifth theme park, that would have been headlines in Orlando. That w- headlines. There is no official okay. announcement, no matter there what There has been saying. no official announcement of a fifth theme park. But let's, let me give you, some, just let me give you some, uh, uh, some history on this. Uh, the last time we were hearing about a fifth gate was back in 2000. Uh, there was land being prepared over by the wide world of sports. It was the rumors were at that point all but certain. We were just waiting for the official announcement that this is what they were going to do. Then, of course, 9-11 came along, and that put everybody's plans for just about everything on hold for many years. Now, last year, back in June, uh, Universal announced that they were going to be adding Harry Potter to Islands of Adventure, and we, we speculated in one of our shows what Disney would have to do in order to counter that. Harry Potter being a, a remarkable draw, going to create a huge, huge boon for Universal, how is Disney going to counter that? We thought they might expand their uh, their relationship with George Lucas, which to some degree they did, but not nearly enough to counter Harry Potter. But I don't think we had thought about the potential of them reviving a fifth gate, the idea of a villain's theme park. Now, here's why I think this is interesting. No announcement has been made, yet the Motley Fool makes a statement uh, that uh, Disney has finally announced plans. Well, who'd they announce it to? And I've also noticed that The Motley Fool is remarkably pro-Disney. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I think this is a plant. I think this was put out as red meat for us, the community, to grab onto. That uh, if we, we heard about the potential of a fifth theme park, we would just all go into an apoplectic fit and start, you know, <laughs> thrashing around the room. I'm not, I'm, we're not there yet. 
Um, <laughs> not yet, but the uh, this makes sense. This is, but this is how I think this is how Disney is going to try and combat the uh, combat this sell this this sell recommendation by Citigroup. If the if if the uh, blogosphere, if the internet community uh, starts picking up on a fifth gate and runs with those with, with, with those rumors, then it's certainly going to give their stock a little bit of a boost, or at least put a floor underneath it so it can't go too low. And because uh, you've got you know it's almost like you have political surrogates between the Motley Fool and Jim Cramer coming out, you know, you know really really vocally supporting Disney and saying the stock is good. I'm something's up. <laughs> this is more than just a series of unrelated stories. I think all of these things have something to do with each other. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that the fifth gate is in fact getting ready to be either announced getting ready to be announced. Let me let me make it firm. I think they are getting ready to announce and I think the Motley Fool article was a plant to soften the ground and prevent prevent too much of a sell-off of the stock before they had a chance to dot all the I's, cross all the T's. We also know that uh, there was an announcement a few months ago that a new stadium was being built on the land that was originally earmarked for the Villains theme park. I think that is a ruse. I think that is exactly where they're going to build the Villains theme park, right where they intended to build it five, seven years ago. And I think that the whole stadium thing might be might be bull. And Kevin, you also mentioned that there's something going on over at Pop Century. We've been watching for a while now, and there's that part of Pop Century which we referred to a couple of weeks ago as the Brown Hotel. It's that part of Pop Century they're not using. It's like a hotel in Kosovo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Steven Spielberg movie about the Munich Olympics. Yes. <laughs> it, reminds, it reminds me of that hotel. Um, that shows how old I am. I remember that on television. The Munich Olympics, yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of activity and there's a lot of equipment moving in and out of there. Um, large earth-moving equipment. And we've speculated that it was going to be used as a staging event or a staging area for one of the events at World of Sports. I get the feeling that's going to be their staging area. That those parking lots that they're using. The other thing that's really interesting about this, and you're talking about how it's going to compare to Universal, this would be the first time that Disney's built, if this in fact happens, this will be visible from Highway 192. Oh, yeah. Uh, the location with the location. Wide World sure. of Sports is visible from Highway 192. And as you drive up I-4, you can see the Hulk. You can see Doctor Doom's Fearfall. You can see uh, the Dragon Roller Coaster. I'm, I'm lost. Dragon. Dragon. Dueling Dragons. Oh. So it would be really interesting if Disney decides that they're going to put a, a villains park, and the rumor has always been that this would include thrill rides. Oh, absolutely! A villains theme park is absolutely going to be an edgier, darker park. They are going to have to do something significant. But so, did you read that the Motley Fool article actually said? Probably not as many rides as cutting edge technologies. Yeah. So meaning not as many a smaller park. Not as many you know, probably a smaller park. But I'm thinking not roller coasters, not thrill rides, but more of this um 
dark rides and that sort of thing. It would be very interesting, though, if they build this where it's visible to the public. That would have to immediately draw comparisons to Islands of Adventure. Well, what I'm thinking is that if this is how they're doing it, if this is how they're orchestrating the announcement, if this is the announcement they are, in fact, going to make, that it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It'll be a stroke of brilliance if this is the announcement that they're going to make to counter uh, Harry Potter. Question is, how long will it take Disney to build the theme park? It's 2008 if they start now. By 2010, 2011, absolutely. They won't run, but they don't want to give... they, They can't give... They cannot give Universal too much leeway. If, you know, if they open in 2010, that means Universal have about a year of Harry Potter all to themselves. But if it goes any longer than that, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for... I think Universal is going to get a chance to build more market share. And I don't think Disney wants to let that happen. 2011 will also be Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary, and we're already talking about new ships. Well, the first new ship, the first new Disney Cruise Line ship comes out in 2010, am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, they're saying 2010 and then 2011. And I'm also, you know, thinking that Disney might, Disney World might be considering that, okay, with two more ships coming online, we have more competition in the family now for these vacation dollars. We need to do something to make sure we're not losing not just losing market share to Universal, but also not losing market share to Disney Cruise Line. So it should be very, very interesting. Uh, but it has uh, th- this whole story has um, inspired me to revive um, something that we used to do many years ago on the site. We haven't done it in a long time. It's called The Burning Question. Each week, based on one of our news stories, we're just going to ask you simple yes, no, maybe type questions that we're going to post on our podcast page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And uh, this week's question is, will fears about a softening economy change your vacation plans this year? With all this discussion, I mean, that's really at the heart of this, that Citigroup's suggestion to sell Disney is based almost entirely on the fear that the recession is going to gut the theme parks. So you're the guys that keep them alive. We're the guys that keep them alive. What are you doing? Let's find out. So answer our burning question, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Will fears about a softening economy change your vacation plans this year? I have another question for you. Sure. How long before our hometown newspaper comes up with this as their original idea? The burning question? No. Well, all of it. <laughs> the burning question and... Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a great deal of things that get discussed on this show that... Uh, a great deal of original ideas that get discussed on this show that seem to find their way into various aspects of the Orlando Sentinel operation. <laughs> And uh, if you think, guys, we don't know, if you think I'm clueless, you're out of your mind. We know you steal from us all the time. You know, I know talent's hard to come by. And I'm, I, I'm sorry that I've got so much of it here and you have so little of it there. But, you know, you might want to try and, I don't know, make it look a little more original once in a while. But, yeah, but, yeah, but then well, they do weird things like that. Sorry, burning, was I saying that out loud? Yeah. Their burning question will be like, does this look infected? <laughs> you know? <laughs> How do I make it stop itching? Exactly. <laughs> That's bad. Does this look infected? <laughs> oh, you kill me. But any, any minute now, there'll be that theme park blog. Is Disney going to build a theme park? <laughs> and it'll have that breathless quality to it that oh, I had an original thought in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so very interested to hear what you guys think. So absolutely head over to the podcast main page and, and check that out. 
All right, that'll do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to our rapid-fire segment. And who would like to go first? Mrs. Martin. I couldn't say me. <laughs> so the hand went she right up. chocolate in her mouth. Because she chewing. has candy. It was some really good toffee. My rapid-fire is the 120th Silver Spurs Rodeo. It's been happening since 1944, and it does take place at the Silver Spurs Arena on Highway 192 in Kissimmee at the Osceola Heritage Park. Um, the dates this year are February 15th, 16th, and 17th. Tickets are $15 for adults. Children 10 and under are free. And this also includes admission to the Osceola County Fair. Friday's rodeo will be at 7.30, and on Saturday will be at 7.30 as well. Sundays will be at 2 p.m. In order to purchase tickets, you go to Ticketmaster.com or call 407-67-RODEO. This is right down the street from our house. This is literally... and I If have you've to seen t- the commercials for it, I mean, it looks like an absolutely fabulous rodeo. I have to tell you, it's the largest rodeo... Oh, no, 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 I have facts! Sorry! Don't you dare steal them! Oh, sorry! Say real fast. Jeez. <laughs> Come on. I don't know, but I the listeners' done. ears are now bleeding. All right, let her finish. <laughs> I don't want it to be hijacked. I'm sorry. <laughs> there will be barrel racing, team roping, bull riding, bear bronc riding, and also saddle bronc riding, plus other events. Now, I want to let you guys know this rodeo is ranked among the top 50 events that are sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, and it's also considered the largest rodeo east of the Mississippi River. Hmm. Cool. The, I knew that. The banks in our town close for the rodeo. The people in public dress up in Western wear. Okay, see, this is where it gets scary down here, folks. This is where it just gets plain damn scary. It's, it's not. Rodeo. It's good fun. It's good family fun. I think it's very entertaining okay, if but you're, you're that when, kind of thing. Okay, when you're gay and you see that stuff, it's like you lynch. It's a really nice <laughs> arena. We saw Maroon 5 there. One of the things that's really interesting is they used to stage, and when I tell you it's close to our house, it's only a couple yeah. of miles away, they used to stage the animals down past our house and we would be able to see from our back window the animals go right up the road all go right past okay if i ever look out my window and i see livestock going down the street i'm moving (laughs) okay okay i'm just moving i can't live there my time i'm from new jersey we don't do that in new jersey we don't do livestock we were driving past it the other day and they were putting the carnival together and you could see like half of the ferris wheel is put together it just looks so scary. This is yeah. like this is like when uh, Walter and I went horseback riding. We were on a cruise. We were in one of the ports of call was Belize, and we went horseback riding through the jungle in Belize. <laughs> and I had never been on a horse before in my life. Now Walter, was, you know, grew up on a farm, so you know that stuff is very normal for him. Um, and he was making fun of me for you know not having ever been on a horse. And I'm like, I'm from New Jersey. The closest I've ever gotten to a horse is riot police. <laughs> Aqueduct or aqueduct, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We had a rodeo pin in Greensburg, Louisiana, and it's not very big. It's not very professional, but we would all go and watch. And on Sundays, all the guys would be out there like practicing riding the bulls. Right, but that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you do in 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 Greensburg, Louisiana, (laughs) in in in, you know North Bergen, New Jersey. You know, they shoot horses, don't they? Do you realize in the last couple of months we found out you went canoeing, horseback riding, and horseback riding, (laughs) and had lobster. And I even did I even did an airboat ride, but we'll talk about so that's another segment. I bet Walter's never put a hit out on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> there are things in New Jersey we do that I bet he hasn't. That done. He hasn't done. I'm sure. I'm sure. So all right, uh, Mr. Martin. Mine's pretty rapid. The uh, August 2008 park hours have been posted to the site, and also since the show is being released on Mardi Gras Day, I want to wish everybody a happy Mardi Gras. That's my birthday. Show us your beads. Oh, actually, it's also uh, being released on Super Tuesday. So uh, 
all of you out there in the 22 states who are going to a primary today, uh, whether you are Republican or Democrat, uh, no matter who you're supporting, please, 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 please make sure you go out and vote. This is a very important election. So I don't mean to get political. I have to just say something real quick. I voted in our primary, and when I walked into the, into the polling station, they split us up by party. You had a line for Republican, a yeah. line for Democrat, and a line for... I've never seen that in my life. I think Me that's either. illegal. No, it's you, you be, it's a closed primary here. A Democrat, you, you have... If you're a Democrat, you have... Yeah. You can only vote in the Democratic primary. But I've... I've I've they voted have, in, in closed primaries before, and you get up there, they and only, then they ask you what you are, and then they check it out, and, and well, then see, they hand was, you your paperwork. This is before you get there. They split you up. This was also an election for the mayor, and there was uh, um, uh, an amendment yeah. being voted on. So when you went in to vote, you were actually – it wasn't just a primary. You were actually voting in an election, yeah. and they split you up according to party. Which is, I think that's illegal. Yeah, we don't get too far off into that stuff. But um, all right, thank you, Corey. Kevin, all right, I have a weird rapid fire, and it only has to do with me. It's all about me today. I got an email a while back from a, a young girl named Carolyn Ambrose, and Carolyn says she listens to the podcast every week, and she wanted to know if I would be willing to do an email interview with her. She was writing her um, midterm paper on Walt Disney's impact on the World's Fair and the World's Fair's impact on Walt Disney. And hmm. she'd heard me talk about this and thought that I was knowledgeable about this and wrote to me, and I'm going to guess I answered 10 or 15 questions. Well, she sent me her term paper, and I am quoted as a source. Wow. Is that cool or what? It's really kind of cool. Wow. It's like, you know, I'm a footnote. I think that's really cool. So I, Carolyn got an A. Yay. And I told her after she sent me this term paper that I was going to talk about her at the podcast because I think this is really kind of cool. So I, I told her I was flattered and honored to be considered part of her um, resources. And I just wanted to say thank you. So that's my rapid fire. So cool. you were in the bibliography. I was. Oh. I was. And then she actually had to draw a conclusion. And she said, I not only consider him knowledgeable about this information, I consider him a celebrity. Oh, <laughs> that's great. How weird is that? Wow. So I think she's going to be excited to hear about the fact that she got an A. So every on the podcast. She didn't know she got an A? I mean, the fact that I talked about it. Yeah. Oh. So that's my, that's my rapid fire today. I thought it was kind of That was very cool. Yeah. Very cool indeed. If she doesn't get an A, we'll bash her teacher on the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really, we'll talk <laughs> bad about your teacher. And um, just because of this, I haven't asked anybody this, but I'm going to say if, that we're going to send Carolyn a t-shirt. Okay. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Or a pen. Pin, huh? <laughs> Stop saying that. Stop confusing people. <laughs> it's a pin. P-I-N. I'm kidding. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. John? I have two. My first one is uh, Disney Cruise Line parking fees at Port Canaveral have increased. It is now $15 a day to park at Port Canaveral. Real quick, um, for those of you who have never driven to the port or parked at the port, this is not an unreasonable fee. We've been to several ports now, and this is either an okay fee or it's about even. So people don't get upset about this amount of uh, that they're charging you and also port canaveral is really really nice the way disney cruise line set up the way it's, it's very easy to get into and out of the way they have people uh there to help you it's a great place so don't be put off to drive to the port another thing when you park fee. your car make sure you get one of those uh windshield visors that kind of block the sun i mean it is hot out there yeah. when you get off that cruise you don't want your car to be there's know. no trees there's no shade yeah. not to beat this dead horse but we recently took a cruise out of another port 
and paid $15. And when you got off the ship, it was at least a 30-minute walk to your car. It was evil. Yeah, it was so parking across the street from the ship and having a three-minute walk to your car is worth $15 it's a, a day. It's secure. It's, it's really good. Don't worry about that. My second uh, rapid fire is that uh, beginning April 27, 2008, the Princess Storybook Dining Experience at Norway will include an image package. And you will get a photo with a Disney princess, one six by eight, four, four by six, and a themed photo holder. Now, while everyone might think, oh, that's really great. They're going to give you an image package and all this stuff. They're actually raising the price. Mm. So the price is going to go up about $5, anywhere from 5 to $6 for an adult per meal to anywhere from 5 to uh, $7 per child per meal. So... While it's like, oh, look, they're giving us this photo package, and yeah, they're not really giving you nothing. Let's call yeah, it what it is. Yeah. They're forcing you to buy an image package. Exactly. They're, yeah. I, I, someone someone needs to explain to me what the hell is going on over there with this stuff. And this is the same thing they do with uh, Cinderella. This is, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the new wave, folks. This, they started out. You heard me rant last week about the premium they're charging for the buffets during the holidays. And now we're starting with this. At some point in time, we're going to have to speak up. We're going to have to start sending emails and letters and phone calls and telling them to knock it off. This is ridiculous. This stuff is expensive enough already. I understand that from year to year, prices may increase, especially at hotels, that especially as the cost of food is increasing right now, the cost of living is increasing. I understand that companies have to adjust their pricing. That's not what this is. This is just this is just greed. This is just ridiculous, unmitigated greed. It is about soaking us for as much money and giving us the least amount in return as they can get away with. And they have gotten away with it because we have blindly followed along. We have blindly agreed to pay these prices. And at some point in time, we're gonna have we're the ones that are gonna have to put a stop to it. Until we get loud and until we say enough is enough. This garbage is going to go on. So unless you people want to be forced to buy the photo packages along with the uh, with with your meals, at some point, at this point, I would say, even though it's a great uh, buffet, I, I say on with this new policy, don't go to Norway for the buffet. I was going to say we Kevin reviewed this, and when we ate there, it was great. It was really a good meal. It was a lot of fun. But now you're looking at $30.99 for, for people 10 and up for lunch. Now, that's absurd. $31 for I lunch. I can understand them selling a photo package. Right. It should be an option. To those it's, it's who want optional. It. Right. Right. They've taken, what if I don't want a photo package? Right. They've taken that option away from you. I, I get it. You I know, have it, to tell you, I would not want one. As a matter of fact, I bypassed my option of having my picture taken with a princess. So just to make room for kids, because there were four adults and we didn't need our picture taken with Snow White. So, but I would now, now it would be to me, I would say, well, I want to do that. I don't want to spend five or six extra bucks on a picture that I don't want. Well, that's what's happened. So many people opted out of not taking the package, like you said, and they said, well, let's make it no option. You have to pay the price. And um, that's what's happening. And I think you'll see it happen in all the character meals all over Disney property. Disney that's what I just yeah, that's Disney what I does stuff that's stupid. If they had done this and said we're going to include the photo package and the price of your meal and then next year raise the price $2, no one would have questioned this. 
However, we're now going to give you a photo package, but we're going to charge you $7 extra. Yeah. Do they think we're stupid? You know what? And if you go to this restaurant and you don't want the photo package, pitch a fit. As for a manager. Demand. Yeah. Demand that you have an adjusted price for your meal. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's my second time going off on them. <laughs> About uh, the dining stuff, but this, there's, a, there's a pattern going on here, folks. This is only going to get worse unless the fan community, not just the people on our site, but the people on all the other sites as well, start speaking up and saying, hey, knock this off. Enough is enough. Well, it, it goes even further. They just, in the last year, raised the price of parking. And I can understand you even went into just food prices go up. Concrete, that concrete's been there for 30 years. It hasn't changed. But you still have to pay more to park your car. They're just going to nickel and dime you right out of being able to afford going. Well, that's yep. that's what they do to to offset. You know, they slow up the ticket price going up. These are the ways parking, at, uh, upping the price of parking is a, a, another way in between those ticket price upgrades. Now, I don't I don't know who's making these decisions, but you're an idiot, whoever you are. It's to offset the cast number raises. Oh, yeah. yeah, right? Those huge raises they got mm-hmm. last year. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. Uh, mine, uh, my rapid fire is about the special AP viewing area available now for the uh, Pirate and Princess Party over at the Magic Kingdom. Annual pass holders who purchase tickets for the February dates, the February uh, Pirate and Princess Party dates, if you do that via the annual pass holder website, you can sign up for priority viewing of the Magic Music and Mayhem Fireworks. And the link for that is on the uh, the annual pass holder website. We'll include a link to that in the show notes. I think this is a good thing, as opposed to the food thing we just talked about. They're starting to look at the annual pass holders and give them added benefits. And I I see that as a good thing. Oh, they have a long well, I, I way agree, to go. But they have to, you have to take a first step. I'd like to have. Well, a, you know, a first step is to stop taking things away in the first place because well, that's what they do with the annual pass hold, the annual passes. As an annual pass holder, <laughs> I should get to go to the Pirates and Princess party once for free. Okay, or one one party during the year should be included in your right. annual pass. But what I'm saying is, it, it, it's it's a good thing that they're adding that for us to do. I'd like to see him go further. I mean, I don't I don't well, I'm not going to give him a, I'm not you know what well, it's I'm not going to give him a pat on the back until they do a lot more. Well, I I'm I'm going to a point here. My point is they're adding that I'd like to see him add that we could stay later the same as our hotel guests on Disney property get to Stay the extra magic out. There's a lot of things they could do to make an annual I mean, pass holder feel a little more appreciated. I, and I don't think they're doing any of those things. I think this is a cheap ploy. Sorry. Right. That's my opinion. No. Okay. I agree I, with you. I just, okay. All right, Bob, what uh, what do you have? I have uh, SeaWorld Dolphins, uh, Bubblicious. Uh, SeaWorld uh, sent us a, uh, a link for some footage that shows some of the dolphins over at SeaWorld. They're, they're actually sit there and they blow these huge bubbles like a bubblegum bubble. And then they, they toss it with their nose. And it's, it's really cool. And uh, if, when you're over there at SeaWorld, uh, take a look and you might catch them doing that. I think that's really that cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a whole viewing area yeah. set up for that. Yeah. So I just want to bring that up and, uh, you know, 
mention it. I I looked at the video and it was really cool how they, and then they'd pop the bubble after they get tired of using it. So. And then while we're talking about SeaWorld, I just want to mention that uh, March first is the grand opening of Aquatica, the new water park that SeaWorld is uh, is opening right across the street from uh, their current location, and we're going to have uh, full coverage of the opening of Aquatica as soon as we know when that yep. press event is going on. But uh, we're all very excited about uh, about Aquatica. Have you seen the, Have you seen the commercials on TV about it? They've really how could you miss them? Yeah, but they don't show you anything. They're no. cartoons. It's really it's like. But when I tell you when I tell you that local television, yep, is it just it's overrun it, yeah. with these ads. So how have we missed it? I think yeah, we fast no. forward through all the commercials. I'm going to be honest with you. If you weren't, if you didn't see the word Aquatica, you would not know what they were talking okay. about because it's They're this little it. cartoon bird. Yeah. yeah. And you think to yourself, that's the best you could come up with? You made me stop TiVo and say, go back. I saw Aquatica and we thought we'd see something. And that's it was... why we miss it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That will, um, that'll do it for our rapid fire this week. We're going to move on. And Corey Martin was, uh, was a, suggested in an email several months ago that Corey go take a look at some of the pools on Disney property and check them out. And the pools of Walt Disney World. Corey is going to uh, give us his first installment of that segment. Yeah, there are a lot of pools to cover, so today I'm only going to talk about the uh, the value resorts, and then we'll we'll move on from there. Now, a lot of the pools, a lot of the value resorts, they have uh, standard pool rules and features that are common throughout all the pools, so I'm just going to go through some of these now. Now, all the pools, the times, they're open from 8 to 12 a.m. Now, these can all change depending on weather and all this stuff. Lifeguards are always at the pools from 10 to 10 p.m. Again, that's also subject to change. Some information um, about the lifeguard stands. Behind all the lifeguard stands, they always have the uh, park hours, the temperature of the pools and stuff like that, and the temperature outside if it's going to rain and things like that. So, if you look look at the lifeguard stands, a lot of information there. Now, the pool temperatures at the resorts are all maintained at 82 degrees year-round. Um, towel, towel return bins are located at the pools, but you can't get towels there. You need to bring your towels from your room. You can call housekeeping, and they'll, they'll give you some extra towels if you need. Life jackets are available at the pools. They're free of charge. You can use them your, your whole stay if you want. Diaper-age children. Now, this is uh, for all the resorts, all the pools, water parks. If your children are diaper age, they have to wear plastic pants and swim diapers. Now, the, you can purchase these at any of the gift shops, and this is to prevent ADRs. If you don't know what an ADR is. AFRs. AFR. AFR. ADR. ADR's brother. ADR's. You don't, you don't want to eat that, do you? <laughs> the, <laughs> now, all the pools do have a service building. Inside the service building, um, the restrooms, lockers. Uh, laundry, um, and they're all themed around the, the pool theme, the overall theme. Now, children under 12 always have to be accompanied by an adult. Um, all, all the pools are handicap accessible. And one thing about the, all va the value resorts that you will not find, you will not find slides at these pools. You're not going to find hot tubs at these pools. They are themed very well, and at least one of the pools at each resort will have some sort of water fountain feature that shoots water into the pool and stuff like that. Yeah, those are really cool. Yeah. So now the All-Star Resorts, there are, there are a total of six pools here, two at each resort. Um, a little fact, the Silver Star that's located by all the feature pools, it's 46 feet tall and weighs more than 33,000 pounds. You're going to hear me say feature pool. 
This is the main pool at the resort. It's usually located right outside the food court, um, the, by the check-in lobby, and like all the gift shops. And there are other pools considered the quiet pools. Now, at All Star Sports, the feature pool is called the Surfboard Bay Pool. The pool is shaped like a wave, and there surrounding the entire pool are these huge three-story, uh, brightly colored surfboards. Mm. Um, you know, some of the staircases are look like lifeguard stands. They're really neat. The uh, the service building there is called the uh, the Surfs Up Bathhouse. Again, it's themed uh, with the whole surfboard setting. And there's a child, there's a children's pool there. It's in the shape of a whirlpool for the little dudes and dudettes. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, and there is a bar there also. It's uh, called Team Spirits. All the bars are they stay open from twelve to twelve a.m. It's also themed. The Grand Slam Pool is the other pool. Now this is considered the quiet pool at All Star Sports. It's a, it's baseball themed. It's in the shape of a baseball diamond, a baseball infield, and it features Goofy in a baseball uniform on the pitcher's mound, and he has this water cannon. Um, he shoots water out at you. It's a really neat pool, and also the the service building there looks like stadium uh, stadium seats, mm-hmm. the stands. Yeah, that's a cool area over there. Yeah, I like that one. And you could probably find your. Uh, your favorite team on one of the pennants yep. that are hanging around the buildings. We found the LSU. Patriots? You found LSU? I wasn't looking for the Patriots, Bob. You'll have oh, to go sorry. look at that. <laughs> one thing about the showers is that um, we were looking at all these. Wear, wear some sort of shoes when you're in here. Some of these were pretty disgusting. And smelly. Especially at the All-Star Resorts. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was very disappointed. I wasn't that. disappointed at Pop Century, mm-hmm. but at All-Star, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. Wow. You yes. know, I'm shocked. hearing that more and more. Yeah. Really? That the All-Star Resorts, we've heard a couple of times in the last couple months that people have had a problem with cleanliness around that resort. You know, I don't know what it is. Even I, if you look at the floor in the main building, you know, when you're walking through the, from the lobby to the pool, it's gross. <laughs> and I feel, I feel bad saying that, but, I mean, it looks like it needs to be cleaned or redone or something. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. So that's shocked because that's such a, yeah. uh, the, I mean that, that's such a, that's such a big deal for Disney. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Now the All Star Music Resort. Um, there's the Calypso Pool. This is the largest pool out of all the value resorts. The pool is shaped like a guitar, and there's a water fountain located in the center of the pool. It um, has the three Disney characters: Donald Duck, Panchito, and Jose Carioca. Karaoke, Carioca, right? Is that how you say it? Uh, from the animated film Three Caballeros. Now, there's a Calypso kiddie pool. It's also located um, towards the end of the pool. It, it actually makes up the, the headstock of the guitar, where the, all the little tuning pegs are. This is the only kiddie pool that actually seems like it's attached to the main pool. It's not like a, a separate in a separate area by itself. Oh, and also, the kiddie pools are not lifeguarded. I mean, it's only 12 inches of water, so I feel sorry for the lifeguard that have to lifeguard that. The... Um, the bar there is called the Singing Spirits. It's also open from 12 to 12. And there's also like Disney body art stations there and hair wraps and things like that. And kids can get those. Are, those usually stay open from yeah. like 4 to 11 p.m. at night. Tattoos there too, I think. And little temporary Disney tattoos. That's the Disney body art station. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They have like an f- official name. <laughs> sorry. Now, all the pools at uh, the All-Star Resorts, the maximum depth of these pools is 5 feet. The minimum um, is about 3 feet. The piano pool is the only pool that doesn't reach that five-foot depth. It's 410. So that's the second pool that's at the All-Star Music. It's uh, called the piano pool. It's shaped like a piano. 
There's a there's a statue of Ariel playing a guitar with um with Sebastian and Flounder out there. There there are little musical notes all around the pool and the, and the concrete. And there's the entire piano uh, keyboard yeah. is located towards the entrance of the pool. I think that one's the most boring of all the all star pools. I have to agree with you, Bob. Yeah, it was very quiet too, as it should be. And the uh, the service building there it looks like a stereo. Again, keeping with the whole theme, the All-Star Movies Resort, the feature pool there is the Fantasia Pool. Now, this pool is in the shape of a theater. It, fe- uh, it features Sorcerer Mickey, sprays water um, into the pool. The pool shape, we couldn't figure out the shape of this pool. It's really, it was a weird shape. None of the lifeguards knew. They must have just started or something. Um, but it's, it's shaped like uh, fireworks. It's supposed to be just uh, a random, random shape, shape like wave, that. I thought it something like that. So, and this is also located right by the food court, the, the cinema mall. And there's a Fantasia kiddie pool. Um, it's, it's amongst all these icebergs. Um, that's where the service building is also. The, uh, the kiddie pool has, like, these two water fountain sprinklers that shoot up out the ground. And there's also another little area where, um, you know, it's like a little bitty, little bitty pool for the kids to play in. There's also a lot of, uh, a lot of painted ice. looks a lot like Blizzard, Blizzard mm-hmm. Beach in that area. Yeah. Now the uh, the Silver Screen Spirits is the name of the uh, the bar over there, and the Quiet Pool at the All Star Movies is called the Duck Pond Pool. I think this one was really neat. It's mm-hmm. themed. It's themed very well. Now this is also considered the Quiet Pool. The pool and deck resemble a hockey rink. Um, it features Goofy as a hockey player. He's actually standing inside the goal. Some nice photo ops there. The locker rooms um, are actually the locker rooms. It looks like locker rooms, yeah. and they're sectioned for the daisies or Donalds. And the ducks. And the ducks, surrounded by um, giant Mighty Ducks masks. Those are by the, uh, the stairs and things like that. Moving on to Pop Century. This, these were my favorites. Pop Corey, Century. before you move on, are there any zero-depth entry pools at the All-Stars? Yep, moving on to Pop Century. That's uh, the no. only – well, no, the main pools, no. No. There, are, there is only one kiddie pool that has a zero – Entry level, and at that's the All Stars. No, at Pop Century. Oh, yeah. but Pop Century has. I mean, All Stars have none. None. That's what I remember. Zero. And yeah. that's important for people who are handicapped and mm-hmm. yeah. need that zero. Entry. They're all they're all handicap accessible. All the pools. You know, they have those stairs. Mm-hmm. So Pop Century, the maximum depth here is four feet nine inches. I don't know why they're shortening it here, but it should be five feet at least. <laughs> The deepest section of the pools are usually towards the center of the pools, around the, uh, around the drain. And as you get to the side of the pool, that's where it gets a little shallow. Huh. I guess it's easier for the kids. You know, parents can say, stay close to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't go swim by the, by the center. Now, the hippy-dippy pool is the feature pool here. The entire pool is shaped like a flower. Now, this is in the 60s-themed area. There are, you know, some groovy catchphrases all around the, the buildings, like Peace Man. Can you dig it far out heavy? <laughs> the, uh, some of the icons nearby are the uh, giant can of Play-Doh, the Dunkin' Imperial Yo-Yo, and there are four flower-shaped water jets, we call them flower showers, that shoot water into the pool, which are pretty neat. Kid, kids were playing in all those. And the kids' pool is called the Hippy Dippy Kids' Pool. Now, this is a zero entry-level pool, the only zero entry-level pool I saw out of all these. It's also shaped like a little flower. Um, the entire deck has that you know, kid-friendly padding on it. It's kind of like a rubber mat. Yeah. I think all the kids' pools should have had that, but uh, that's just me. 
the bar here is called the Petals Pool Bar, and here you can um, there's also you know the body art station. The uh, you can play ping pong. You can rent ping pong balls for fifty cents. They're located on the bar at Petals. Yeah. I don't like I, a little actually. I think you buy them for fifty cents. If you pay fifty cents for a ping pong ball. I don't think you return them. Know <laughs> <So laughs> what you got to do with a ping pong Keep ball? Um, you can yeah. There's also the hair wrap station there too. The uh, the other two pools are considered the quiet pools here. The one, first one's the computer pool. It's a, it's a rec- rectangular shape pool. It's located in the 90s area with some radical phrases, like totally awesome, whatever, for sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a spongy full keyboard like towards the back of this pool. It, uh, it takes up like the whole width of the pool. It's, a, uh, it's really neat. The pool is actually supposed to be the monitor. This is the keyboard. And there's like a big laptop towards the, uh, towards the front of the pool. Now, the icons around this pool is like a giant laptop, as I just said. Roger Rabbit, a Sony, a Sony Walkman, a big yellow Sony mm-hmm. Walkman, I think, that everybody owned. Mm-hmm. And the Rubik's Cube. And the service buildings here it appears to be like a stack of floppy disks. And also, one thing about the service buildings I forgot to mention, that look behind them, because the theming goes all the way around. Like at the piano pool, for example, I said it looked like a stereo Behind it were all like the knobs and yeah, the all the places to, yeah. to plug really cool. in your, uh, yeah, that was cool. your wires. So just look around the whole thing. And there's also a floppy disk um, by the pool area. If you look behind it, it says games kind of in handwriting on it. thought that was neat. The, other, the third pool and the last pool is the bowling pool. Now this, in, this pool is shaped like a bowling pin. And the entire pool deck around it resembles the bowling lane. And they even go into, they have the little arrows in, into the concrete Keeping yeah. the theming going yeah, all that around. That's cool. And this is located in the fifties buildings building area with some uh, some real hip catchphrases like "You're grounded," "Bebop," "Cool," "Rock and roll," and some of the icons here: "Lady in the Tramp." And this features a, a huge jukebox. Can I just tell you, Pop Century is my least favorite resort for the very reason that they use all those kitschy <laughs> phrases. It just drives me up a wall. It's educational. And the lockers here look like the uh, the bowling shoe locker pin, where you kind of rent your shoes at the bowling alley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they have like the the sizes on the back of them, and and that's about it. That's all the, res- the value resort pools. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to moving on to the <laughs> more Me fun too. pools. To the, <laughs> to the, but these, all these pools, though, I mean, they were all themed very well. You know, the piano pool was a little boring. The um, what was your favorite? The hippy dippy pool. For sure. It's fantastic. Corey, you mentioned all of these, the bars and the snack areas. Will they bring drinks to you while you're in the chairs? Or does everyone have to go up and get the well, other servers? According to the pool rules, there are, no, there, isn't, there are no drinks allowed in the pool or in the pool deck. No there drinks, are, food, or yeah, glass. No glass, no animals. So keep the kids at home. They do have a <laughs> sitting area off to the side, though. Yeah, each, yeah, they have like a little table set up. I didn't see any pool butlers. Like no. Pool, no servers yeah. or anything. No, yeah. no. But that was, uh, and technically, pools are open twenty four hours, even though there's no lifeguards. Like they don't, they don't kick people out of pools, or do well, they? Oh, they they do have times posted. Yeah, they have hours posted. So but I, I mean, know. I've stayed in the resorts and people swam twenty four hours a day. Yeah, I've seen people swimming late. Yeah. I don't know. Just at your own risk. Yeah. Well, anytime a lifeguard's not there, it's at your own risk. I mean, I don't know. But they they, they, have, they, they did they did have the times posted. Hours. And also some of the rules, you're, not sp- you're supposed to shower before you enter the pool. I don't know whoever does that. Yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> Corey, do any of the uh, 
any of those pools or those resorts have a like a movie at night or anything by the pool? And some of the hotels are starting to go towards that. No, that's Universal. It's doing that. I don't think Disney is. Oh, uh, okay. I think one of the Disney ones started doing it. They have movies on the beach at the Yacht and Beach Club. I think at the Yacht and Beach Club is where they're doing it, yeah. Um, but okay. v- the vast majority but, of the... But the, the, the discount ones aren't doing that. Okay. No. So, All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Corey. appreciate the segment. All right. Our next segment this week is Kevin Close with his next dining review. This week, he takes us to Mama Melrose's Ristorante Italiano at... Uh, Hollywood, the Hollywood Studios. I get used to saying Hollywood Studios I now. I, you know, I'm you, sorry. Formerly MGM. It's MGM to me. But then the Wedway People Mover is still the Wedway People Mover. Right. I've never called it the Tomorrowland Transit Authority in my entire life. <laughs> well, you just did now. I know. It's the People Mover. So what do you got, Kevin? Uh, we actually, our segment last, or the last time we did a restaurant review with the counter service, we decided to go to Hollywood Studios. To do a counter service thing, and as I said, the crowd levels were really low at the studios, so there were things that were not open. And as we walked around, Hollywood Studios sort of suffers by way of variety at their counter service. It's burgers, chicken fingers, there's the pizza planet, and we just thought this is just not a great idea. It's going to come across as just us ragging on Hollywood Studios. So we kind of, on the spur of the moment, said, let's try Mama Melrose. We haven't eaten there in years. And I should say I'm a little bit prejudiced, prejudiced about this restaurant. Prejudiced? Prejudiced. Um, I've only eaten there twice in my life before this. Uh, once we went on the backstage magic tour, and that wasn't really an experience. That wasn't a typical experience. You didn't order off the menu. You weren't allowed to pick what you wanted. They had a, a family-style thing with a couple of different entrees. And while it was okay, it was not a t- uh, an experience that a typical guest would encounter unless you were part of this tour. The only other time I've eaten at Mama Melrose, it was an unmitigated disaster, which involved uh, – I don't even remember all the details of it, but it ended up with us going to guest services and getting all of our money back. It was that bad. Really? And this was this was many years ago. So it's just the kind of place that we've avoided so we went in the other day, and as I said earlier in our show, that the park was deserted. We got there about 4.30, and I think we were one of two tables in the entire restaurant. The restaurant was deserted. So we were sat pretty quickly. Our um, server was terrific. She approached the table and took our entree or our drink orders, and we told her we needed a couple of minutes to look things over. We had been given the dinner menu. Something that I do have to recommend about this restaurant, the dinners at least mention, the dinner menu and the lunch menu are different. There are different choices, but the choices that are on both menus are the same at lunch and dinner. So a lot of times you pay less at lunch than you do at dinner. This isn't one of those cases at Mama Melrose. It's the same price throughout the day. So we sat there and we decided what we were going to have, and we ordered three appetizers. We ordered the soup of the day, which was a Tuscan bean chowder bisque kind of thing. We ordered the vegetarian minestrone. Each of those are five forty nine, And we ordered something called the artisan breads and spreads. The soup of the day tasted like, tasted like and looked like the stuff you rinse out of the sink strainer when you do the dishes. It, everybody took one taste of it and it sort of sat there untouched on our table. It just was vile. Oh. And the vegetarian minestrone, 
was superb. Really? Superb. Uh, our server came by and looked at the soup of the day and said, you're not eating that. And we all just sort of shook our head, no, like made the sign of the cross and she took it away. She, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't seem surprised at this. And they replaced it. She asked us if we would like to replace it with another vegetable or vegetarian minestrone. We said yes. The vegetarian minestrone, I can't tell you. It was very, very good. It was simply spiced. It wasn't overly spicy. It wasn't, you know how sometimes they have that tart tomato taste. This was very mild. It needed no salt. It needed no pepper. It was just good. And it's a nice entree for someone who's looking for a a vegetarian entree or a vegetarian. That's on the menu every day. It's one of their regulars. Yep. Now, we had something called the Artisan Breads and Spreads. And I'm of the opinion that if you're going to an Italian restaurant, bread should be put on your table anyway. There's Max. He agrees. Max agrees with me. So there's a part of me that is a little hesitant. This was six ninety nine for Italian bread. Actually, there was a couple of different kinds of bread. You, One of the toppings was... I'm sorry. I'm eating a piece of chocolate, but I have to interrupt you. They are charging you for bread? Well, it's not just bread. There's some toppings on top of it. Is there any bread, plain bread served? No, no, no okay. plain bread served. They have three, I don't mean to hijack your, your review, but there was three different kinds of breads, and two of them are what you might consider an artisan bread. So it's not something they would put, a regular restaurant would put on the table anyway. Well, well I, have I, to tell I don't you know. Th- when I go to Le Cellier, I get three or four different types of breads, from the pretzel bread to the yeah. pita. Stuff like that, uh, no. And I then then Publix is employing artisans because this is the kind of bread you can get. Yeah, in but the, Publix charges six ninety nine a loaf for that they bread. They do not. You need to go in the grocery store more often. <laughs> There's tension at the table. Who would pay six ninety nine a loaf for bread? It's like the other day. Evidently, John would. John he, would does. Not, he would not flinch. It's like the other day, someone asked me how much milk was. I don't know. John says a dollar. He's running for president. A dollar ninety nine a gallon or something. Mm. And like you really need to go grocery shopping. Uh, okay, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> the bread was good. It was good. It came with three or four different little types of toppings. There was an arugula and chive pesto, that was just pesto with arugula whipped up in it. Then they had sun-dried tomato spread, which was plopped in the middle of the arugula and chive pesto. A roasted vegetable tapenade, which tasted much better than it looked. And a roasted garlic bud, where you put the roasted garlic on the bread. Now, this is not an inexpensive restaurant. And if you go to Portobello Yacht Club, you get really delicious bread and roasted garlic on your table, free of charge. Mm -hmm. At Mama Melrose, you pay $6.99 for it. Yeah, the difference is one's in a theme park, one's out of the theme park. So I have a little bit of problem that they're charging you for bread. Yeah. And $7 on top of that. That's ridiculous. Now, that being said, this wasn't bad. But it was bread and toppings. Okay. So we move ahead, and we, again, asked her to give us a minute while we had our appetizers. Because we were the only people in the restaurant, we figured, we're getting this all right together. <laughs> Now, the restaurant did start to fill up while we were eating. It, it, it wasn't like it was completely empty the whole time. It was never crowded. The restaurant never completely filled. We ordered our entrees. John ordered the, the charred butcher tender steak, which is topped with gorgonzola butter sauce, roasted red pepper, and, an, and on, laid on top of roasted red pepper polenta with grilled asparagus and a red wine reduction. 
it was a steak that had been sliced and it was served medium rare. Uh, the red pepper polenta underneath was a little bit dry and tasteless. This dish would have been much better with a little bit more of the gorgonzola butter and a little bit more of the red, red wine reduction. If we were going to order this again, and I think you would, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I, I think you could have adjusted the level a little bit. And can I have just a little bit more of the extra stuff? It would have given it a little bit more flavor. That was $21, twenty ninety nine. We also, now that we're four of us, we only ordered three entrees. My mom was having a good time with the vegetarian minestrone. (laughs) She figured we had two bowls of that, so she decided she was just going to test everybody else's. My dad ordered the chicken, the grilled chicken flatbread with sun-dried tomatoes, pesto, uh, pancetta, asiago cheese, and fresh chives. This is a thin, crackery kind of pizza. It's an individual serving size, about the size of a dinner plate. And it was tasty. I, I don't know that I could rave about it. I wouldn't say anything bad about it. It was... Not something I would drive to and walk into MGM to get, but if I was hungry, it was decent. Mm-hmm. And we also, I ordered the wood-grilled chicken. Now, this is a pasta dish with pipette pasta, which are like shells, but bigger and beefier and like a, like a elbow macaroni, but bigger. Uh, artichokes, peas, roasted red peppers, and a basil four cheese cream sauce. Now, I think this is misnamed. They describe this as wood-grilled chicken. This is a pasta dish with a couple of ounces of sliced chicken breast in it. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it should have been listed as a pasta dish. I expected more chicken to be in it. I was not disappointed in this at all. When you said the name, I thought it was going to be like a whole chicken. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's not at all. It's a pasta dish with a little bit of chicken in but it. But it was good? I would go to MGM. Or just to have this? Just to have this. Really? Yeah, this was good. Wow. Whoa. This was, this is good and it's seventeen ninety nine. Now you can it's substitute chicken for shrimp. That bumps it up to nineteen ninety nine. How big are the portions? This was big enough to share. Wow. Um, John took a couple of scoops of it. My mom had some, my dad had some and I finished it up and I was full. This is, this is tasty. This is a winner. I would recommend this wholeheartedly um usually with a four cheese cream sauce you get that alfredo yeah sensation and a couple of bites of fettuccine alfredo and you're sort of sated because it's rich and filling heavy yeah this wasn't they really did a good job it was still moist enough to be juicy without being cloying and heavy and overdone i really thought this was terrific uh that being said aside from me knocking over a glass of water into John's lap. Our meal was uneventful. Um, it was, I would recommend going there. I would say, you know, if you order correctly. Now, I am a red sauce snob, a, a marinara sauce. Yeah. I grew up with my mom's marinara sauce, and mm. I always thought it was the best on earth. Right. And then John tasted it, and I thought, okay, here we're going to get another opinion. And John pretty much agrees. My mom makes the best sauce anywhere. So when we go to restaurants, we don't order pasta with red sauce or things like that because to us, it's always a disappointment. So I can't really say anything about their red sauce. And I kind of think that's one of those touchstones of an Italian restaurant. Yeah, it took me a long time because uh, I'm the same way. You know, the, it was mostly my dad that would make the uh, the gravy in our house. But um, when uh, I always I grew up thinking that was how it should be done. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. was the best ever. And a lot of time for a long time, you know, I wouldn't even try. Like you said. Um, now I'm willing to venture out a little bit and realize there are many, many, many ways to make a red sauce. And there are some that are terrific. Uh, not to 
give anybody else a plug, but I think Emerald. That's a great a red great sauce. sauce. Yeah. yeah, he makes a great red sauce. Um, we had dessert. <laughs> I was getting there. I would recommend that if you're in MGM or Hollywood Studios, whatever you want to call it, that you try this. Order order well, and I think you'll do a good job. I would stay away from that Tuscan bean thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, what would you give it? Seven, six, seven. I would say this was good theme park food, and I always leave. I always put that caveat in there because this is not the kind of restaurant. This kind of restaurant, I don't think, would survive outside of the theme park. Right. I think they would it have has to, to have that theme park traffic to right. buoy it. It's it, uh, if it was, it would. This is like a little neighborhood place. Yeah. But you really have to sort of check the menu out, order correctly. I, I saw somebody else get chicken parm. They were sitting at a table across from us, and I thought, I, that just looks dreadful. Oh, sad. It was really? one of those yeah. things where they serve it in a bathtub-sized plate, and it's this little oh. pile of... Oh, so it's a sad little uh, cutlet? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know about anybody else, but that whole... That whole trend of serving you this little tiny pile of food in a bathtub. I don't know. It looks to me like you're just not getting anything. Yeah. I, 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 it's supposed to be the other way around. Use smaller plates so it makes it look like it's bigger. Right. This is huge. It just looks like... I understand that it's supposed to make it look more valuable and treasured and it's supposed to be this little gem in the middle of your plate. It doesn't. You know, it's sprinkle like, paprika it all around the plate. takes up too much yeah. room. Right. And that's the other thing. The, no, I told you I was going to go through this pretty quickly. They give you these giant hubcap-sized plates and you literally can't fit four of them on a table. Okay. <laughs> I'm over that trend, to be honest with you. Try this place. We did order dessert. Now, we decided that we had to try it just so I could tell you about something. And it was warm chocolate truffle cake filled with chocolate ganache over raspberry sauce and a pistachio florentine. This was five ninety nine. There's five desserts, tiramisu, gelato, a cheesecake, and a um, creme limon, which is a no-sugar-added dessert. I was very happy to see that on a menu. I think that's a nice option. I saw somebody at another table order it, and it's a little glass of like a lemon custard. I thought that looked good. We didn't try it. I'm only going by what it looked like, but it's nice to see a no-sugar option. Right. Uh, we tried the warm chocolate truffle cake, and I expected a much bigger portion on this also. This was a size of a Hostess cupcake. It was a little chocolate cake filled with a liquid chocolate center. It was tasty, but ours had been baked too long or baked too early. It was a little bit dry. And even the chocolate chocolate filling had sort of wasn't enough to moisten the rest Mm. of the cake. No, that's the okay part. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't memorable. However, there's something on top called a pistachio florentine. And it's a cookie made out of crushed up pistachios. And they stick it in the top of the cake. And I pulled it off and I took a bite and I thought, how can I don't make a face? I don't want anybody to know how good this is. <laughs> so I shared it with everybody else. And we finally called the server over and said, we're willing to pay for more of these. Can we get a couple more of these? And she brought us over two more of them. It's worth ordering this dessert just to get this little pistachio really? cookie. It was much better than the $6 dessert. This little pistachio cookie was excellent. They should it's, make that as a dessert. A, I said a you plate were, of those. You should make this the dessert. I would buy six. I would pay six bucks for a plate of these. They're that good. Uh, our check was eighty dollars, eighty-one dollars, approximately eighty-one dollars for how many people? Four. That's now there was no, there were no drinks. Everybody uh, had was, water, so I mean, it, it was no, there was not even any coffee or yeah. s- soft drinks. Well, that was three entrees, three entrees, three appetizers, and a dessert, and it was eighty dollars. 
That's that, for theme park food. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. With uh, our Disney Dining Experience card, it became seventy eight dollars, but that included an eighteen percent gratuity. So wow. I, I really, if you had asked me last week, should I go to Mama Melrose? I would tell you to run screaming in the other direction. I would. Yeah. Have, my opinion has changed. I would say, yeah, you, you. You could do pretty well. Yeah, because last time I was there, same thing. I just had a terrible, terrible experience, and every time I'm in an MGM, I, I'll starve before I'll walk in there. If you can't get into Brown Derby, this is a great alternative. Really? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. To the Brown Derby? No, wait. If you can't get into the Brown Derby. This is by far the second choice. Right, right. If you, yeah. if Brown Derby is a far But you'll even mention it in the same breath with Brown Derby? Well, as, as far as MGM goes, Because I consider Brown Derby, that's, like, that, well, that's, that's the, like, um, uh, the pinnacle please, of restaurants. we're not comparing on, them. No, no, no. We're not but comparing them. If I had to compare it to Sci-Fi Diner or Hollywood and Vine Buffet. If you're in, a, if you're in MGM, Hollywood Studios... My opinion is those are your two choices. I don't like sci-fi. I don't like um, 50s prime time. You know, Hollywood so and Vine. Hollywood yeah. and Vine, I think, was terrible. So I think this is a good second choice. I do want to mention our server was tremendous. She really was fantastic. I know you had a problem with the whole bread thing. I didn't find it that bad because, like I said, I thought the breads were good. I thought the toppings were good. We asked her for more, for more bread. Didn't even think twice about it. She I didn't saw, mean to make it sound. I apologize. I didn't mean to step all over you. Go ahead, finish what you were saying. She she saw that we didn't like the soup and changed it out immediately. Um, she brought us more of those cookie things. She was. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, so, John actually upped her gratuity. She was terrific. And I didn't mean to make that bread thing sound bad. It just kind of rubs me the well, wrong I, way. I, you should not charge for bread in, in any restaurant, let alone an Italian restaurant. That's right. absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent on that's, that. That's that's the burr. That's the sticking point. I'm looking at the kids' menu, and actually one of these items looks uh, it looks really good. The grilled chicken strips with macaroni topped with marinara sauce and mozzarella served with vegetables and fruit salad. Wow. The picture looks really good, too. I have um, – I don't know if you want to air this, but I have all of the menus. The kids' menu, the lunch menu, the, the dessert menu. It's all right here. So Excellent. That will all be up on our site. Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. We appreciate the review. Thanks, everybody, for uh, – for a great show that'll do it for us this week happy birthday to bob oh that's right bob's birthday thank you bob 71 no <laughs> no but i'm older than i thought i was yeah bob thought bob bob had bob, his age wrong bob thought he was a, a lot younger <laughs> bob than thought he, he was three years younger than he is <laughs> and driving over to the podcast show it was like i can't be that old he must have taken his shoes off and does his gazintas gazintas <laughs> yeah all right that'll do it for us this week folks we hope you enjoyed the show We will be back with you tomorrow with our email show and next Tuesday with the next edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. You have a great week. Bye.